Ready to go. Fired up. Ready to go. What's up, Joe? It just, you know, watching everything pop off today. I was, you know, talking about this for a couple of days, but then you saw, like we were talking a little bit yesterday about Phantom. I mean, the one thing I was thinking about when we were chatting was just watching Matic make its move at the same time. So I think there's a much broader move. Curves up, Aves up, ETHs up, BTCs up. Um, yeah, who knows? Um, where I, I got to look at prices here. Let me load her up. Let me load the screen. BTCs at about twenty thousand nine hundred, and ETH I think is at around sixteen forty ish. All right. If I can nice. remember. Wow, I should wake up and pay attention to the fucking market. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was booming. Um, but it's all good stuff, you know. I mean. I think that this layer, ETH layer two play or anybody who's compatible with that has got a leg up on everybody else right now. Oh, Doge dumped. Yeah. You know why? Because uh, Elon told Twitter devs to stop working on the crypto wallet. Oh, no, I did not know that. That's great. Yeah. Intel. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I just saw that a moment ago. Let me find it. Here we go. Yeah. They're, uh, uh, all those Doge boys are like, oh, fuck, I got to dump it. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't, I mean, those are straight up bets in my mind. I mean, obviously this is an application. Um, but again, we've said it before. It could be anything. Yeah. Well, Elon didn't call me yesterday about the advertising. Yeah. He's still pissed at you. Probably. Probably. Cause I fucking give him shit. Well, you know, <clears throat> he's, he's really crossing into that stalker territory now. I, I know he's got that big crush on you. So, well, you know, he's he's hurt because I think he's an asshole for supporting DeSantis. So, you know, no, he's a DeSantis he, supporter. Oh uh, yeah, dude, he's gone full on. He's full on. He's full on. Vote for their vote and give money to the fascists. So, I'm gonna piss off a few people with that. But you know how I feel about DeSantis. So, yeah. Well, I mean. I think the way I look at DeSantis is that, um, and many people do, is he's kind of a a smart Trump, basically. That's um, the most dangerous thing about him. I yeah. mean, that is the, it's so funny, man. I know so many, you know, Democrats in my circle of friends who voted for him the first time. And mm -hmm. they were all like, dude, but look, you know, like the first six months in, he did the, he did some marijuana stuff and he did some other stuff environmental shit and everybody's like see see how great he was i'm like you just fucking wait just wait just fucking wait because this is a classic thing do the things that make everybody feel good about that vote you know no no regrets and then start fucking shit up and now they're all like yeah anyway i can't remember who he ran against was he running against the the guy who got uh, arrested yeah. in a hotel room with a bunch exactly. of blow and prostitutes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So we we sent right. our best. <laughs> Good God. Um, yeah, that was a tough one. I mean, but this time he's going against Chris, right? Or no, who's going against Yeah, Chris? Charlie Chris. Yeah, he's going against him. Charlie Chris. And, and Charlie's going to get his ass kicked because yeah. Floridans, Floridians are... Everybody I mean, knows Charlie. You know, despite this, except for Alabama, Florida is probably the dumbest fucking state in the union. So, you know. Wow. We just <sighs> saw all our Alabama viewership just vacate. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, fellas. 
Roll Tide. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, look, you know, Charlie Chris, he – I mean, he was a Republican, if I remember correctly. And he was. He was a he was a moderate fucking Republican. He yeah. was like, uh, you know, socially, socially was like the, moderate, yeah, this, conservative. This, but he also was anti-choice at the time too. So, yeah. Well, you know, wasn't that was back when like Lawton Childs was a senator and people like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this was kind of like oh, Lawton like, Childs. Holy fuck! I forgot. These that. are like the Sam Nunn, Dick Luger type of centrist Republicans. Yeah. So yeah. they were had their, they took their, you know, they had social positions, but it didn't lead their whole. Yeah. Um, not batshit crazy. Yeah. They were all kind of. Like in today's it, Republican know, like, party. Well, no, I think it's that, you know, I always like to use a sports metaphor. Like when we were kids and whether you were playing, you know, football, baseball, basketball, dodgeball, whatever, and you'd be like brawling out there and hating the other team. I mean, hating them to the point where you were this close to getting in fist fights. And then after the game was over, everybody shook hands and forgot about it and moved on. Yeah. yeah. And you know, that spirit, that's what's missing in so many things. It's, it's just kind of zero sum, you know, keep going and going and, and fight to the death, but you really don't have to over stuff like this. Right. You know? And that was intentionally created. I mean, it, it, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, we should probably not, if I start down this path, we're just going to be in politics. Oh, yeah, we'll go into a rant. Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> don't, don't let Brad rant. You know, yeah, you otherwise the, we'll go down to like one viewer. <laughs> so come on back, Bama people. <laughs> so I got I got some more on Andre Kranje. Uh, so Andre, uh, not only did he uh, come back on LinkedIn with his meme thing, he actually uh, rejuvenated his... Uh, uh, his uh twitter account and this is what got everybody going he posted uh this clip um ah shit here we go again all right so he also posted a medium post about the crypto winter of 2022 and i breezed through it it, it is a long um basically summary of all the shit that's happened bad in crypto but ultimately all it comes down to is him he has become like the fucking cheerleader for regulation, like not just, and not, not, not just, you know, Hey, we probably going to have to have some regulation cause it's going to happen anyway. You know, let's get it under control. He's like, I want us under the domain of the central banks. I want us to have every DeFi protocol scrutinized for financial stability. I want them to be approved or not approved to be able to operate in the fucking, uh, it, in the financial system. I mean, he's going like full on, you know, he's lost his fucking mind. Um, I think you, I, I think you and others might characterize that as I think the right phrase would be um, sellout. There you go. Okay. There you go. Yeah. But I'm going to add one piece to it. Um, I yeah. haven't read the article, of course, but you know, usually when you see movement like this, People are sitting on a lot of exposure for other things. No, he is sitting okay. on a, he's sitting on a shit ton of exposure, and you're absolutely right. Yeah. He he knows he better become Mr. Pro Regulation because he might become Mr. Mr. Behind um, bars. Mr. Yeah. Like poster child for what not to do. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So uh you know, I, I it's hard for me to understand why people are excited. Um, that he's back because 
obviously I am as, as a member of the board at phantom and not me, him. And as, um, you know, the foundation board and as, um, you know, the voice of phantom, I'm, uh, I'm a little discouraged for the chain today, frankly. I'm just, you know, I, you know, I, I know you don't, I, I'm not that discouraged for the phantom chain myself. I mean, I'm with you. I hate these cult of personality types. I mean, fuck, Elon's a cult of personality. You know, um, Trump's a cult of personality. I mean, I would say AOC is, a, you know, any of these like where they got sure. firm, hardcore followers, they're cult of personalities. But, you Absolutely. know, if you have, I don't know. And I don't know what the Phantom Board composition <clears throat> is, but I would hopefully hope it was more than three people. But let's say it's five or seven Um you know, then he has to support his arguments to those others. And as long as they're not all in his pocket, then I think a lot of the crazy, the cray cray gets muted out. Um, yeah, let's hope so so. I don't want to tarnish, I don't want right. to tarnish Phantom. I don't want to tarnish Phantom. That's what I'm trying to say. No, and but I'm not trying like... to tarnish Phantom. I still love Phantom. I love the teams that are building there. I love mm -hmm. everything that's going on. I just, I think it's Andre like Kanye is the last. Yeah, I think Andre Kanye is the last thing Phantom needs right now. Wait, you know. But what about um, who's that other dude that was there? Yay or yeah? <laughs> um. Oh no, that's the guy that's uh that that I think he's still doing his fucking scams. I I I, I, I you know his. Uh, yeah, no, I was wondering if there was, was some alignment between those two fellas. Oh, I don't know. I doubt it because hmm. that's regulations. The last thing that guy needs. <laughs> he's. <laughs> I was wondering if he was in the U.S. or not. That's what I was curious No, about. I don't think so. Henry, yeah, I, look, what was this, yay? And, and yay or yay? I, yay, Henry, yay, yay. Y-E-O-H. Here's the bottom line. Andre Kranye, if he was not out like setting agendas and launching DeFi protocols, if he was just applying his fucking genius level architect developer capabilities to the chain, to the consensus mechanism, to everything that he built and architected to, that makes Phantom superior, right? Like the, the advancements that are coming from Phantom soon in the way this their virtual machine works and optimizes for people that develop on Phantom as well as for people that move over to Phantom is brilliant. The man is brilliant. I, I can't, I'm, I'm no, in no way taking away from his technical skills. He is, he is top level some of the best one hey, of the best people in the space can you just give me a just i don't want to cut off but i just give me a quick like nugget on you know because we talk about how phantom's unique as far as say how eth and layer twos fit into that world with the evm can you just explain to me real quick how that's different from say avalanche and solana and, and well, those types well what's coming for the chain is an evm that still will be compatible with any other evm compatible smart contracts Mm -hmm. but it can be optimized for contracts that will developers that will take components of it and make it better. Right. So the, and we'll write code specific to the phantom chain. So there will be a performance boost and, and I don't know the technical details of how it works, so I can't give you that, but, sure. but it, there will be a performance boost and capabilities for those that move their chain, move their contracts to, put their contracts on phantom and then do some, and it's not a lot of work from what I understand and then do some minor tweaks to the way the virtual machine, the way their smart contracts function and interact with their consensus mechanism and their, the EVM for phantom. Mm -hmm. the, the bottom line is 
it's supposedly going to be a big performance boost for the protocol, which is great. Like there, there is, there is so much, and and we all know that phantom is fast, right? We all know Mm -hmm. it performs. We all know it outperformed the polygon side chain, you know, when we were all using that. And I think avalanche and, and phantom are pretty similar. I think the advantage, the big advantage that avalanche has right now is the, uh, is the subnets. Yeah, yeah. I, I really do. I really do. So, but okay. my, my buddy, Gabriel Haynes, I don't know if you know, Gabriel, do you know, Gabriel? No, I've seen his stuff, but I don't so really he does know. these silly ass videos. By the way, he lives in Miami now. Uh, no. I don't know. He, he must be visiting New York again. Cause this video. And uh, yeah, kills that's not me. Miami. Yeah. But it, <laughs> he put up, you know, he puts up these crazy ass videos, but Gable's actually a serious guy who, who, you know, does serious interviews as well, but I'm going to play, um, I'm going to play Gabriel's video for everybody. Cause it made me fucking laugh. And it's what I talk about all the time about how the stupid, immature shit that Andre pulled when he left. Andre Cronier. Welcome back, sir. We have missed you and your room. After you wrote a fucking article about building in the bear market, you fucking peaced out! So, Andre, let us see what you build with what remains of this fucking bear market, and let's see if you can get me a 1,000x to make up for all those rug pulls that you got me with last year! (laughs) That's funny. You know, but it goes back to that point of the, I, I mean, that your other buddy, BitBoy, and the yelling, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's what's so funny. I remember seeing BitBoy before I even know who he was. He'd be in all the Telegram channels, and it'd be like, can't the developers do something? Remember yes. that meme that yeah, was yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, who is this guy? And then I never, it took me a year or so to put it together, but who it was, because I was like, oh, well, interesting. But there's this same thing of people yelling, you know, and yeah. I don't. Well, Gabriel I mean, is always about being he's funny, though. He's, he's funny. making fun of the bit boys of the world, right? His okay. shit's always meant to be like crazy, funny, stupid shit. So yeah, the pajamas. And, yeah, yeah. He's he's just fucking nuts. I mean, he is <laughs> fucking nuts. I don't know. Maybe his wife made him move back to New York. I don't know. Too much hot know. tail in Miami for him, I guess. <laughs> oh, I probably shouldn't have said that live, right? <laughs> Uh, hi gabriel uh, gabriel <laughs> gabriel's a good guy gabriel's no, a good just, guy i'm just kidding i'm just kidding yeah dude we didn't even talk about the fact that instagram facebook are launching yes. nfts using polygon and evidently solana i i, I think I this is the matic pump i think this is the matic pump yeah i this. i i um I, you know i can't believe we didn't even talk about this but it says they're using polygon but i saw Somebody the other day claiming that Solana also uh, is in the mix somehow, but I've not seen any actual articles about it. I saw a tweet. I don't know where the fuck I was, but, um, you know, look, the biz, the biz dev machine at fucking Polygon, like they are now the ones that everyone's going to recommend to everybody else, right? The CTO here and the CTO there, they're going to say, hey man, how'd you do that NFT thing? And those are going to say, hey, Call this guy at Polygon. He'll get you hooked up, right? They've got the developer resources so that nobody has to do any work. They help get set up. They implement. They integrate. I mean, 
it, you know, at some point, Polygon's going to have an insurmountable lead uh, for the Web two integrations. You know, it's going to be really tough for, you know, Avalanche has made some progress. Solana has made progress. Don't get me wrong; they have they have all kind of done real world connections, but friggin' Polygon, dude. I know. I, I'm sorry. Instagram, Meta, Facebook, Disney. I mean, you just at some point the millions of potential users coming in that are coming from these massive fucking brands that mm -hmm. Polygon is making happen, you're going to have a really hard time climbing the wall, right? You can go after TradFi institutional, but the consumer brand integrations that they're doing, and look, they also have the Ernst & Young integration. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're just all cylinders. Yeah. Well, look, you, you get everything you want with them if you're a Fortune 500 player, because one, you got the case studies to back you up. And now with the meta case study out and, you know, how that plays to your point. Yeah. Everybody's going to be like, well, it's good enough for them. Yeah. Let's just, you know, streamline the choice process and go with them because of one lower cost to mint. Um, plus, you kind of get, you know, like call it ETH's little brother, basically. You know, you're really getting ETH. Well, wow, you get multiple out. layer two solutions, right? Um, yeah. And, and what happens? And what happens? You say, okay, um, I did this solution for my consumer facing NFTs, but you know what? I'm going to use this one that has built in privacy that Ernst & Young built with EY yes. built with Polygon for my corporate blockchain, supply chain, transactional accounting, whatever. My enterprise stuff, my enterprise why, stuff. Why are you going anywhere else? Why would you when your company has already done this, your CTO and your team, your technical team have already done this? I mean, I don't know. They're not there yet, but it's not long before Polygon can become the IBM of blockchain, right? You know, the brand that's safe to work with and that, uh, you know, it's not going to take very many more of these. A couple of big banks, you know, um, some big financial players. Yeah, you know, I, I think they're already there. I think you do? They are the default. I think they're already the default choice. Yeah. All right. Um, cool. But I don't, you know, I mean, obviously the most of the market doesn't know. Um, doesn't really understand. I'm not saying the people here listening to us, but let's say TradeFi doesn't really understand probably what a layer two is and what a layer one is. They just look and go, holy shit, this is cheap and it yeah. works. Yeah. That is using it. And, JP Morgan's using it. And, you know, all these other people are using it. You heard Ian Y. So it's becoming what we talk about, the CYA choice, the cover your ass choice. Yeah. Well, you don't get fired in corporate America. You don't get fired for hiring Ian Y. But you get fired for hiring Brad's accounting shop out of. Uh, <laughs> you should, too. OK, <laughs> so, you know, because it's cheaper. You, you know, you go where where you're gonna go, and so it becomes just like safe move for you, and it's yeah. the preeminent provider. Yep. And yep. you backdoor into ETH basically at the same time, and everybody's like, and, you know, at that point you say that in a trade five meeting, and everybody's, like, oh yeah, I've heard of ETH. Yeah, that's yep. ETH, man. That's yep. like BTC or something. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, exactly. And then you're in, and yep. then everybody rolls off the happy hour, and you know, a couple B gets printed. Yeah. Um, but this Amen. is great stuff. Amen liked Gabriel's video, by the way. <laughs> That yeah, was well, good. That made me laugh. That made me laugh today. I like it. I like um, his accent too. His accent works really well on that. New episode out uh, with uh, Haim Solomon, not his real name, uh, on uh, Twitter, who does, uh, I'll say it again, I said it the other day, um, amazing educational threads 
for non-technical people to understand not only how Ethereum works, how specific protocols work, but where things are going and where he sees things are going. And um, one of the things he surprised me with is he said that over the last six months, he's become um, uh, dissatisfied with where the direction we're going in the crypto world is, not the DeFi world, with the sole focus being on finance. Um, he understands why, you know, he's not, he's not, he's not delusional, but he firmly believes that the, the, the true power in Ethereum lies in it being the world computer. And he firmly believes that, um, what we will create later will go far beyond the power and capability that the financial world gives us in terms of identity and computing and, um, access and all kinds of other things. We talk about a lot of it. He's got some really big ideas. I'm going to have him on deep. I want to have him on DeFi lunch to cool. talk about specific vertical components and discussions um, because he's really, really brilliant, dude. Really, really smart. Knows how to, knows how to write, knows how to talk, knows how to educate. Um, I, if you're not following <clears throat> um, at Solomon, uh, Haima Solomon, H A Y. Haima Solomon. At, uh, it's at Solomon, S L S A L O M O N crypto. Um, just, I have gotten so much. I was so excited to talk to him because I've gotten so much out of the threads he writes. Really brilliant young guy. Um, great story. He's working on a few things right now and just uh, highly recommend listening to this because it was very thought provoking. Well, it makes, it makes sense because. Um, you know, I'll go back to like 20 years ago, right, when the human genome was being finished sequencing and the Internet had kind of just rolled out and crashed at that point, right after dot com. And everybody was sitting around D.C. and there was fiber friggin everywhere and everybody's sitting around going, hey, you know, it was one editorial in The Washington Post that I remember where somebody said, maybe the Internet is really going to be, you know, a giant computer just for, you know, say life sciences. There you um, go. Because, again, genomic data. It's just, yep. it's not binary. It's, it's four yep. letters. Yeah. Same thing. So, you know, it makes sense that one of these chains could be like that, like a world computer or could have a very specific application. Like maybe there's yeah. just the finance chain. Yeah. Um, because I see it too. Like I was in on Twitter today, looking at my, my little bio, trying to figure out, does this really say what I do? And, <laughs> you know, of course it doesn't. And of course I'm trying to figure out how to say it, but you know, and then you look at it and you realize that, you know, because I'm thinking about the life sciences, you know, that I'm missing. People aren't seeing that I've been in life sciences for 25 years, too. Right. And so, you know, I started thinking. So I added the D side tag to it just because I'm like, well, I guess that's where they all are. You know, all the genomics players. Um, so D side. Yeah. Decentralized. Science. Ah, oh, D side. D E S C I. I like yes. it. All right. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. So, because that implies those types of blockchain applications. I love that. But it's also DeFi because yeah. it is a monetization. And then I started thinking, well, the other thing we talk a lot about is the GameFi again. You know, like somebody's going to gamify. I mean, I think Genomes DAO is heading down that path a little bit with the NFTs, but somebody's going to gamify that too. Yep. You know, um, so to me, I think those are all could be one chain applications, I guess is what I'm trying to tie this back to your point. Um, you know, maybe, you know, Phantom becomes a chain for something like that because of its speed, its ability to handle throughput and volume. Maybe it becomes like the, you know, the life sciences or D-side. Yeah, that's actually, you 
a great idea for them from a biz dev targeting. Yeah. That's actually a really good idea from a biz dev targeting perspective, Joe. So you rebrand on that. Yeah. 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 Let's get him on again or let's get him on the phone because. Yeah. Niblet says absolutely crypto needs to break out of finance masturbation. Mm -hmm. Eamon said Brian Armstrong funded a project called Research Hub. That's a permissionless peer reviewing system and research repository. That's cool. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, that's a really interesting play for Phantom, Joe. I love that idea. Yeah. So look, anything, you know, we had those other ideas for Phantom about, you know, if it became a hub, like a wallet hub for everybody that was trading in DeFi on other chains, like a cross chain. I don't know if it's a layer zero at that point or layer three or what, but something because of its speed and its technical prowess or its its processing capabilities and all of that. And it's compatibility, you know, it's EVM stuff that it could be a center of finance yeah, um, or a finance chain. But and the reason everybody goes to finance is obviously because it's, again, it's digital product. So yeah. like in dot com, we talked in the past, we looked at everybody that was, you know, submitting orders and something had to be shipped in the mail. And you came to the conclusion that a software would be a lot better or, you know, something like that. That's that is a digital product product that can be delivered through the platform and that's why people go to finance now but you're right the future is all this other stuff it's great that's awesome uh let's see what else we got today this was great somebody calculated that if uh microstrategy had longed eth instead of bitcoin i guess timing the same buys that they did in the same amounts and if they had staked it um that they would be up $1.47 billion instead of down $1.35 billion. Yeah, that is impressive. I, I saw that in the in Twitter somewhere along the way. And I was like, you know, it's just good to take that as a comparison point. Because yeah. what you should have really been if you're running a portfolio is some wading into BTC and some wading into ETH. Yep. So I find it, intri- you know, just as to my BTC maxi buddies, and I know it's not all about the money for you guys, right? But, um, you know, that if you had done both, you would be up. Yep. More than you are now. Exactly. So something to think about if you're coming in at this point, at this 20,000 price point on BTC, you know, again, the 25% rule and again, the diversification rule. Yeah. You know, we have top 10 portfolios on the Reddit site, the Mission DeFi Reddit DeFi lunch hub. But we and need to add some more shit and edit those. And yeah, but I agree. That's but a good mine place is still there. Joke. Yeah. Minus FTT. Um, I bumped that to the second 10. Um, but and I <laughs> can't remember what I, re- I replaced it with Ave. I replaced it with Ave. Nice. But that whole board is up 10%. Plus. I got to do mine. I haven't done mine. So I am. So, negative. you know, think about stuff like that and how you'd allocate. Don't bet on one thing. And this yep. is why, you know, we talk about these cult of personalities, these Richard Hart types and, Andre Cronjes and all those. The problem with them is that people come in and believe it 100% and then put the whole nut down at once. Yeah, yeah. Know? So not the Well, for him it's a religious way. thing, right? Yeah. And I look, I think at the end of the day he was trying to manipulate the market too. I mean, he he went for the bigger than the blown up personality, the crazy sell your house, mortgage your house, sell your children, buy bitcoin thing. Mm-hmm. I think look, I think that was partially a, a manipulation let me see how many people i can get to buy more of it so yeah is that noise coming from your side it's again they're, they're digging they're building a building down the street so stuff's ah. just going constantly it's not ah. banging right now but um, oh okay yeah. 
Arbitrum activity is up 550% since August. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, has surged, has nearly two thirds of the transaction activity seen on Ethereum. I still haven't done shit over there. I mean, a, a, a minor little things, but um, I haven't done much over there yet. Um, yeah. I've done a lot of small purchases just to get the whole portfolio, the guild activities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, that's, that's pretty big news. Uh, I would say, where is it at right now? TVL is at 2.59 billion. Uh, yeah. TVL is 2.59 billion. So that's pretty, that's pretty substantial, pretty substantial for something that's fairly new. So, um, anyway, that's it. So, um, uh, I don't want to go into this. Where's my other story about, wait i lost a there we go this is insane dude so uh our good buddy andrew uh who is now over at nansen who was the former used to be a reporter at uh coindesk or cointelegraph i can't remember anyway he tweeted this out saying um talking about how he's interested in leverage but stories like this are what scare the shit out of him so uh, Gearbox is a, a, a fairly new protocol and they had their first liquidation. Um, and there are a couple of reasons for it. First, stupid, <laughs> you know, some guy was looped nine times, you know, uh, on his, uh, on his, uh, on his nine X leverage. Right. Um, and he was borrowing ETH and then putting it into ST ETH. Well, it turns out that, and this is an issue that we, I think, I think there's two important things here. Stop fucking leveraging to the hilt, thinking that somehow you're not going to get liquidated. But secondarily, we have huge dependency on chain link oracles, how they function and um, human beings that make decisions about how those oracles function. So essentially what happened is, is that chain link oracles get updated either on a big price deviation or at a set amount of time, right? So like once every hour, right? Um, and, but they're at different levels for the price deviation. So uh, ETH is 0.5% deviation. The Oracle gets updated. ST ETH is at 1% um, deviation. And as the intern writing this said, I'm sure you can see where this is going. So um, if both assets moved up 0.9%, ETH Oracle gets updated, but the ST ETH Oracle doesn't get updated. So what happens is because this guy is looping into ST ETH and ETH, uh, we have two Joes, two Peacocks, um, then one of them, the price point is off. Um, so essentially this guy evidently got liquidated for a shit ton of money um, because number one, he was over leveraged, but number two, um, the, uh, the, um, uh, oracles function differently, whether it's STE or E. Was your back hurting? You decided to move a little bit. Yeah, I just had to. You know, I couch. ran twelve miles this morning, so I was a little sore. I had to kind of. Just oh, chill. you started running again. Yeah, out there again, man. Dude, but going straight to twelve miles seems a little nuts. No, well, I'm fucking with you, but you know. <laughs> Dude, you used to be a hardcore runner every fucking day. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things that, uh, you know, you can do, but then if you take breaks, then you don't want to, you know, at, 
this age, you know, 39, if you take breaks and then, you know, you just don't want to go back out there. So yeah. it's one of those things where you got to, and plus in the summer, it's so bloody hot around here that I just don't run as if I'd stall for a week or two and then go out, I just don't want to do it at all. But, um, while I'm you good. were moving, did you hear the story about this uh, liquidation? What? <laughs> I said, while you were moving to the couch, did you hear the story about this liquidation? What happened? I saw that story, but was this the one where they white hack hacked themselves no. to? No, no. Okay. Guy was 9X leverage, so stupid fucking leverage levels. Dummy. ETH and STE, right? So th that's problem number one. People are just still fucking idiots. But um, and he was a large. I it was a large amount of money. I don't know how much it was. But number two, it gave it 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 brings up a big problem with the way Chainlink Oracle's Oracle's function or all any Oracle's in this particular circumstance, depending on how they're configured, because the Oracle's um, are controlled by Chainlink on how often they update mm -hmm. the price, right? So. ETH updates if there's a change of 0.5% deviation in the current price, right? And it'll update automatically or say once every hour. But STETH only updated when it was at 1% deviation from price. So oh. the system had two different wildly varying prices for two things that are usually pretty much pegged to each other. And so that ended up causing the fucking liquidation and this guy getting liquidated. Now, if he hadn't been at 9X and had that little tiny bit of breathing room, he wouldn't have gotten liquidated. So it was his stupid on that part. But this brings up the problem of our dependency on Chainlink and the way yeah. humans are Chainlink are configuring these oracles, right? They're making decisions about what the parameters for that are. And um, I, I don't know the solution for it, but it's certainly... Um, could become a bigger issue for us in other ways. So well, it, it seems like you know if you're only updating the STETH price when it's at a one percent, or you're doing it when it's a one percent move, and then ETH is a five percent move. Point five. Oh, so one is one percent, and the other is half of one percent. Okay, correct. So if you trade in that margin of within half of one percent, my guess is all the orders get autofilled right away. So even if you know that the price has moved in one, that you can basically beat the bots or the algorithms by trading within that. You could theoretically, right? absolutely. Kind of like the absolutely. thing with Binance, how they would always, you know, I think there was a bid-ask spread of about 6% on Binance over, you know, I don't know if it's that way today, but, you know, a couple of years ago for a few years. And basically it would just fill any trade within that 6% range because it wasn't even looking at the price oracles. Yeah, if it was because of that algorithm. So you know, you figure out how to game these protocols, and then you come in and beat them. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that in my book. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, all but right. We need more trailers. We need more decentralized pro pricing protocols to defeat this. To arb yeah. this thing. Yeah, out. exactly. Yeah. yeah, and we need we need programmable capabilities for updates, right? Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, and and, and frankly. You know, probably uh, Eamon could weigh in on this better than we both are. Yeah. Because he at least writes smart contract code uh, solidity. So uh, let's see what else. Uh, da, 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 da. MasterCard. I didn't even know MasterCard had a crypto accelerator. Neither did I. <laughs> like, what the fuck? It's like probably all their kids, you know. It must be in Singapore. <laughs> it seems like there's a Singapore. Let's see. Uh, da, 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 the firm announced November 3rd. 
uh, new cohort. So evidently they've been doing it a while. Um, provider Facet, Singapore's crypto payments platform, Digital Treasure Center, and the Colombian. Oh, it's pretty international. Colombian mm. stablecoin firm Stable uh, partnered with Facet in July to jointly work on digital solutions to drive financial inclusion in Indonesia. Um, well, I will tell you, um, of all the financial institutions out there, MasterCard has been the most aggressive and progressive when it comes to crypto, blockchain, et cetera. Um, and, you know, it just means somebody there was smart enough to say we should fucking be get along with this because eventually it will take away eat our, our lunch. Eat our lunch, right. <laughs> We're not going to be able to charge 3% anymore. Um, and but what's so good is What's good, though, is you're right. It, it, they adopt a technology to not get disintermediated. And exactly. so they have a so what you get is a giant platform to deploy the tech on versus a startup platform. Yeah. So I and love this to, type of stuff. Yeah. Well, and it, and it makes sense. Like it's, you figure, OK, I'm going to lose all the money I was making on the fees before. But if I provide mm -hmm. the infrastructure and I can own players in the space and I can make the gateway between debit and credit cards to crypto easier, faster work better and I can provide solutions to banks, then guess what? If nobody else is doing it, if Visa is not doing it, Discover, American Express aren't doing this, then I get to own this piece. So my offset on my fees that I would normally get because people aren't using credit cards as much um, because they're using crypto eventually, if that happens, then my offset is, is that I own more of the pie. Right. I own more of the financial system. I own more of the crypto system than the people who haven't done anything to get into this game. So I agree. I think it's smart. Yeah. And also, you know, with these big financial houses, much as in like retail, they like to control how many vendors they have. Yeah. And so usually the hardest part is cracking in as an official vendor at any type you of go. public company. They're yeah. already in the door. Yeah. So it's an add-on sale for their team. It's not yeah. like a whole, hey, here's Joe banging on the door. Hey, you guys should be in crypto. It ain't that. It's right. like, hey, man, you made $800 million from us from our service last year. We're rolling this new one out. We project you're going to make $350 million off of this. Exactly. You know, it's a much easier sell, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Here's some of the other stuff. This was another article on the Polygon thing with Instagram. Disney, Starbucks, Robinhood already on their chain. I mean, you know, it's just... It, Every day, it's another, it's another deal. It's yeah. another deal. Um, let me see if I have anything else. Oh, this was interesting. There was, uh, I don't know who was this. Doo -doo. Ren and Heinrich uh, analyzed 200 DeFi projects, and I'm not sure how he picked them, but it, they were cross chains, multiple chains, um, and uh, so he took the top. I guess he took the top 200 DeFi projects with total value locked. Right. Okay. So. Um, 14 had greater than 1 billion, 65 had 100 million to 1 billion, and 121 had less than 100 million out of the top 200. Um, supported blockchains. Ethereum is number one with 96 of the top 200. Binance Smart Chain, 49. Polygon, 38. Avalanche, 38. Phantom, 30. I'm sure there's some duplication here because some of, most of these projects are on multiple chains. Right. Uh, Arbitrum's already up there with 27, which I found uh, really interesting. Um, so of the top 200. Um, use cases. So 59 are DEXs, uh, liquid staking, yield farms, 52. I don't know what the blue is. Oh, lending is 46. 17 are collateralized debt positions. Uh, eight were derivatives, seven cross chain. So I guess that's bridges. Um, six are stable coins and reserve currencies. Six 
our services for payments. Anyway, uh, that's an interesting division. I was actually a little surprised. Well, I guess really the total lending here is uh, 63. So actually debt related would be higher than uh, the DEXs in terms of total market share. Um, well, I, I mean, there's that financial concentration. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I thought that was interesting. Links will be in the show notes. Let me see if I have anything else interesting. Uh, I haven't had time to read Ignis latest piece, uh, a piece on, Oh, Joe, you brought, this is one you wanted to talk about today. Oh, I hope I read it. <laughs> you tweeted about it. Yeah. But wasn't that a few days ago? I saw a tweet today. Maybe no, I might have retweeted. I, I haven't been as active this week in Twitter. Ah. Um, and so I was retweeting stuff. But look, there's a ton of good data in this article. If you go in and look at the trends in the space, um, you know, metaverse, NFTs, all of it, it's a really good, good piece. Obviously, there's been a lot of metaverse. I have a couple of metaverse reports I haven't put in the vault yet, the Reddit thing. Um, I'll tweet them out, but. It's just all of these people are now really talking about metaverse. And I think now, it's saturated at this point yeah, um, before no, the next totally innovation agree. happens. It's saturated with nobody doing it. Yeah. Everybody's nobody using it. it. Yeah. And then every failing protocol is like, oh, hey, let's be a metaverse company. Exactly. You know, so really watch that. Um, our personal feeling there, or my personal feeling is that it's a ways off for adoption in everybody's wildest, you know, let's say peripheral type thing, you know, or, you know, and you guys watch that on, on prime. Haven't you peripheral? Yeah. I've I'm, uh, just finished the second episode last night. <laughs> it's a great show. I mean, but I the, love it. the whole thing about, Oh, it's not a simulation. It's a peripheral world. <laughs> um, this gets pretty trippy, pretty fast. It's really fast. So, it's you awesome. know, yeah. And then also that one I told you about, I think it's called electric dreams. It's like a uh, sci-fi writers yeah, and like 10, it's all the same stuff we talk about here, you know, evolution of AI, metaverse, all that kind of thing. But this is a great article here to read just to see what's going on in different perspectives. So um, that was the main reason I shared it because it was just another good compilation of, of, of opportunities to look at. Wait, electric dreams. Yeah. Is that That's from it. 1984? No, it's a uh, 2001, I think. Um, Philip Dick, I think is his oh, name. Oh, I got it. Philip K. Dick's electric dreams. Yeah. Check. You guys should watch that. It's like 10 episodes. It's totally trippy stuff. Like one nice. where they're, you know, uh, you know, it's like you, you take this, like put something here or whatever, and it takes you into the VR world or the simulation or some other world. And then people in that world are doing it. And then they're going to another world and it gets to that whole thing of like, which is the reality. Yeah. That's cool. I <laughs> and love which that. Isn't. But yeah, you're right, man. Niblets, it has Niblets. It, VR has been the next big thing <laughs> forever. Yeah, Niblets says VR has been the next big thing for 25 years. Yeah, yep. I, I totally agree. Totally agree. Oh, look, Be Real wants me to, I'm going to take a picture of you, Joe. All right, let me get posed up here. Yeah, yeah. Let me, uh, oh, wrong hand. Get Joe, so. Gotcha. Got the big thumb in the middle of your face. That's beautiful. Perfect. Get a better shot. That's nah, too late. Um, <laughs> yeah, they can deal with that one. Um, that's uh, that's a uh, that's another kid's social network. Be real. My daughter makes me do it. Oh, yeah. 
It's a one time a day randomly. It sends out a notice to everybody to take a picture of what you're doing at that moment. It takes a forward facing picture and a picture of you. And then everybody posts theirs up and that's it. That's all it is. There's no conversations. There's no chat. There's no video. There's no nothing. It's just that. It's just building the, uh, like a facial recognition system to identify all our teenagers when they're grown up. It's probably, you know, it's the, it's the Chinese backup to TikTok, probably. Yeah. They're probably doing iris prints or whatever. There you go. Now, and then they're tying it to search history. So when you're 27 and somebody shows up in your front yard with a bass boat, you'll know why. <laughs> what the fuck? No, it's like I just pulled that one because I was talking to a guy in a meeting a few years back. And, you know, all that stuff about are the phones and algorithms really listening to us all the time? And then, you know, people start, you know, talking about at the kitchen table about buying a new bass boat. These guys were. And um, the next thing you know, everything they see is bass boat advertising. Yeah. So, you know, it's that kind of thing. That's what yeah, I kind of joke about. No, but funny. it could be that's anything. Funny. For you, it could be like, you know, uh, a new toupee or something like that, you know? Yeah, that's it. Toupee. Yeah, that's great. Everybody's Googling that word up real fast. What is that? <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's, let's wrap up the day. Happy Friday, everybody. Love you and appreciate you. Uh, real quick, I want to give uh, my, uh, my, our condolences to our buddy Chuck, who, yeah. uh, whose mom passed away uh, this week. Um, Shizzy said, I love Joe's negativity. Uh, you know, not an easy thing to deal with. And, uh, he's been out there dealing with that. And Chuck's, you know, chimed in on the show quite a bit with us and you and I have ongoing business relationships with him, but, uh, all the best to your family, Chuck and your father in dealing with that. Um, sorry, sorry that that has happened, but, um, I guess it's just uh, one of those things as we get older that we'll be dealing with. So all the best to you, all the best to everyone else. Thank you for listening and watching Shizzy Niblets. Amen. Really appreciate you guys participating. Um, I hope everyone has a fantastic weekend and uh, Joe, hope you have a great weekend as well. That's right. It's Friday. Yeah. yeah. You know, likewise, buddy. And to everyone else, you know, obviously stuff's moving. So, you know, uh, Watch your ads at this point and watch the FOMOing, yeah. you know, if stuff starts going berserk and kind of stick with your core plays and add if it's down and, you know, take profits if you can when it's moving up. But just That's be right. careful here because we don't know what happens next. <laughs> it's yep. a long weekend. So hopefully yeah. we'll have a bunch of success stories for Monday, but just be safe, be careful and have fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you like what we're doing, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please subscribe on YouTube. Click the little uh, bell so you get notified. And don't forget to smash the thumbs up, as the kids say, uh, on this video so people see it. Put your comments in. Visit us on r slash Mission DeFi. Take part in the community. Give us your ideas and thoughts. We appreciate you and love you for being here. And uh, I think we're going to go out with this, Joe. Have a great weekend, Joe. Thank you, buddy. Andre Cronier! Welcome back, sir! We have missed you and your rugs! After you wrote a fucking article about building in the bear market, you fucking peaced out! So, Andre, let us see what you build with what remains of this fucking bear market! And let's see if you can get me a 1,000x to make up for all those rug pulls that you got me with last year. <laughs> Goodbye, Hell Joe. Yeah.